This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy, happy, happy Thursday to everybody. I had to question it because I'm not sure what day of the week it is. We've had like four, four, four day weeks these last couple weeks. So happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome into the happy hour. I am Rico. Nick is gone because he hates me. Uh, so I'm joined by the co-host of On the Block. Austin Norman. Austin, how you doing, man? Rico, I am great. You've seen a lot of me. I've seen a lot of you recently. I know. And We're I just hanging out. It. We're we just are. hanging out. We're becoming the best of Taking friends. Taking over the airwaves. Take that, Nick. I hope you're yeah. listening. He's not listening. I think, I believe there's a press conference today EJ with uh, EJ Barthel right and Omar Hale. No. Uh, Evan Cooper. Evan Cooper. Yep. Omar Hale is the recruiting coordinator. I was listening to a little bit of Barthel as I was yeah. waiting to get in here. How's he sound? Sounds good. How excited is he? Very excited. He called Nebraska the original RBU. Ooh. Yeah, that was big. Trying to get back to it. Yes. Okay. Uh, he said the thing he's looking for most of all in running back is mentality to okay. run with violence. Mm. He was also a fullback when he played. Goodness There's gracious. There's a question about that. So Goodness he says gracious. he knows what he's looking for it's when perfect. it comes to that position. It's perfect. It's more perfect than I could even imagine. Again, welcome into the happy hour, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting. Uh, you guys can get a hold of us on the Sarter Heyman Jewelers text line, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Any questions, comments, concerns you have for us, light it up. We will be here. We will answer them if they're appropriate. Uh, and also join us on the Sarter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. I mean, if you're going to talk about EJ Barthel, we can just get right into it. And I want to talk about the fact that the running back room that was once looked at as kind of an eyesore, kind of something that you weren't a hundred percent sure about to me now looks like a strength on this offense. You have at least four running backs that have been or could be starters for this Nebraska team. You have your one and two coming back, and Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen. Everybody has uh, is extremely excited about A.J. Allen from what he was able to show in the four games that he was able to play, and Anthony Grant was your starter last season. And then you have Gabe Irvin Jr., who was your starter as a true freshman two seasons ago before he got injured against Oklahoma when it seemed like he was getting ready to uh, not only break a big run, possibly, hopefully, break open for the rest of the season. And then the guy who took over for him after that injury, Ramir Johnson, fourth on the depth chart. Uh, and we've all seen what he can do in, in his uh, two, two years ago in that season when he took over as a starter, and then the last couple of games this season uh, when we didn't see him really at all during the season, we saw that he still has some, some life in those legs. Then behind them, you have the redshirt freshman Emmett Johnson, who was the Football player of the year coming out of Minnesota, uh, Quint Knives coming out of New Jersey, and just just a lot more bodies in that running back room to work with. I think it looks like a strength on the offense right now. It sure could be if they are used appropriately. That is to say they're used enough, I should say. That was one of my big gripes with Mark Whipple last year. Anthony Grant didn't touch the ball enough. No. There were times Anthony Grant looked like he had a little PTSD 
from the offensive line not opening the hole that he wanted to have. And what he did against North Dakota and Georgia Southern, he couldn't replicate later in the year against those you know bigger, faster, stronger athletes in Big Ten play. But there's still plenty there. Where Anthony Grant wasn't used enough, in my opinion, was as a receiver out of the backfield. I think he has that skill set. Uh, didn't see a whole lot of running back screens. I know it might give some people some, some flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You don't like it to screens and swing passes. I get it. Anthony Grant's got that ability. That's a way to get the guy out on the perimeter with the ball in space and let him make a play. Remember he did to that Rutgers dude hmm. up that far sideline? That was pretty fun. Yeah. He I hope that guy is okay. We remember it. The Rutgers guy doesn't. No, he does not. Anthony Grant's a weapon. Got to use him. A.J. Allen, I think, could be the better runner between the two of them when it's all said and done. He seems aggressive. He seems like the the kind of guy that EJ would love. For sure. My, Coach EJ. My worry with him is even though he didn't have a knee injury like Gabe Irvin, where's his head at and is he able to regain that form? Because that's mm-hmm. a lot of time that he missed from Oklahoma on without playing. Mm-hmm. I expected a Gabe Irvin leap. I knew he was coming back off of injury, and I probably should have seen the warning signs given that he wasn't really full speed ever throughout fall camp. They were still managing his load. They were not talking about him as much as I would have hoped they were. Right. AJ Allen, if you're, you know, for sure able to keep him, he's signed with the 1890 initiative. Mm -hmm. Um, That's huge. I think he could be the future of that position. Ramir Johnson is Naheem Hines for Nebraska. Mm. That's who he is. Every year as a Colts fan, I heard, oh, we're going to get Naheem Hines the ball more. We can use him so many different ways. Matchup nightmare. Ramir hardly saw the field. Outside of special teams, so the big first special half of the teams season. guy, and we and we heard mm-hmm. that from uh, from some of the coaches. He's he's one of the first first guys to to volunteer to do special teams. He's extremely excited. He was on the front line. Mm-hmm. He wasn't returning kicks on kickoff, uh, and he's he's excited to block. And he's always out there for punt, punt return, kickoff, kick return. He's out there. He's doing all of that. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about you know being a, a wide back or a running receiver, whatever they were calling it. Um, and that was him. Mm-hmm. And you never saw it. was like the Duck R. You never saw it. Never. It was a fake position. It was all made up. Let's play a game of how many touches did Ramir Johnson get last year? Ooh. Well, he got some touches in the Iowa game, maybe in the Wisconsin game. I'm going to go with a grand total of 11. He ended up with 20 touches. 19 Ah. rushes for 85 yards, a catch for 7 yards. Look at that. So he averaged four and a half yards a carry, just like he did the year before. Crazy. When he averaged 4.4 yards a carry. It's almost like he knows what he's doing. Five and a half times the volume. <laughs> I don't think Ramir Johnson is a star. I don't no. think he has that level of potential in him. He is a guy, though, that has proven he can handle a Big Ten workload. And also, just given the culture that Matt Rule wants to build, sounds like, like Ramir Johnson's a perfect fit for it. Mm-hmm. So that's almost a guy I give a few more touches to to say, hey, He's the standard. You work your butt off. You're a good teammate, and you have some talent. This is what you, you get. Feel. This this is your reward. Is is being mm-hmm. being able to get onto the field and getting the ball more. And I think he, like you said, I I don't know if he's going to be a star. I don't know if he is has that star potential, but he has speed, mm-hmm. and he ha- he has aggression. He is a tough runner. He's not the biggest. He's not somebody that you're going to run between the tackles that you want to run between the tackles 25 times. But he's a change of pace guy. And he's one of your better pass blockers, or at least he was one of your better pass blockers, and an amazing receiver out of the backfield. He's a guy that you can use in a variety of different ways, and he was used in none of those last season. And now with the addition, like with all of the talent in the running back room, 
I fear that he's not going to get a lot of touches, but it seems as if he's okay with playing on of on all of those special teams units and not getting those touches. I, I wish he would get more touches, but the fact that he is willing to do this is something that you've heard from some of the guys who, who played for Nebraska back in the day is you played special teams if you wanted to get on the field. Mm-hmm. If you weren't willing yep. to play special teams, you weren't going to see the field. And he's one of those guys that's more than willing to play special teams and isn't really expecting to get on the field and touch the ball, which is surprising nowadays. It is, absolutely. No, that's a credit to Ramir Johnson. I don't think you necessarily hold that against other guys because you tell me you list him as a running back. Yeah, sure, we can you know say, oh yeah, I'm a football player. I'm going to be a good teammate. But when it actually comes down to it, not nearly as many guys are as willing to buy in when they're asked to do it rather than in theory. The one I'm fascinated by is Quentin Knives. Mm-hmm. Tall running back, 6'2", yes. 185. That's more comparable to Marcus Washington than any of the other running backs on this <laughs> roster. What does Quentin Knives turn into? Is he a running back or do they move him outside? I haven't mm. seen him run enough to say for sure, but that's a fascinating pickup, again, from New Jersey, like Ramirez friend. He's a thousand yard score in basketball, or a thousand uh, point score in basketball. He was. So mm-hmm. there's also that. I don't know what that means. I just. <laughs> if he I scores saw, a thousand points in his Nebraska career, I think things will have gone very I just, well. I just saw that, you know, Nebraska like tweeted out a graphic for him. So that that was a thing. You know, congratulations to him for doing that. But when, in terms of, of football, when it comes to that, yeah, he's a bigger back. He's not, and he's not like a big. A big load of a back. He's six two, and he's he's what do you say one eighty five. So it's a little bit skinnier, and that does you know that's a pretty good size for a wide receiver. But he's a running back. I don't know how much he played wide receiver um, back at back in New Jersey. Um, but mm-hmm. but we'll see once he gets here if they're going to pack the pounds on or if they decide to switch his positions. So I pulled up his twenty four seven profile. He when you, when you type it into Google comes up Quint Knives Palmyra running back mm-hmm. but then you read the first sentence Quint Knives is a 6'3 180 pound wide receiver well that's fun someone's conflicted 24-7 <laughs> what are you doing come on pick one or the other wait till he officially shifts he's but both you look he's at a his, wide back I, yes a very skinny wide back <laughs> but you look at his offer list it's Nebraska Monmouth Stony Brook and Temple that's a guy they recruited because of traits they saw something athletically in him to go get and I'm curious to see what that template looks like and how that mm-hmm. plays out at Nebraska. And that's fine. I, I I don't mind if you're going after somebody who doesn't have the big-time Alabama, Georgia, Clemson offers. Because, look, I'm not a coach. I'm not out there <laughs> looking at these guys' film, you know, uh, uh, day after day, you know, just, just pouring into all of this film and, and trying to find a glimpse of something that I can turn into a, a star here at Nebraska. I'm going to look at a little bit of film once they commit or if they're recruiting them to see, you know, if what I can pick out. But even then, I'm not a football coach. I've never been a football coach. I played football in high school, but, you know, I you know wasn't that good. So I'm going to look at this, and, and if the coaching staff believes that there's something there that they can work with, I'm going to trust them. Give them the benefit of the doubt until they trusted, prove they shouldn't get it. I trusted the last staff, and, you know, <laughs> you know maybe that's not a good comparison, but – even if you're going after a guy who who isn't being looked at by all of his other schools, how many guys has Nebraska gone after that also had Alabama, Clemson, Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State offers, and they haven't turned out? Or gotten those guys in the transfer portal, and they still haven't turned out. Exactly. I mean, just because you get recruited by, you know, those top flight programs doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a top flight dude. No. Sometimes people aren't as good as, as... Sometimes people flame out. It happens. Are you telling me recruiting rankings aren't scientific? They're not. You know, it's Whoa. You know, it's just just a thought. People are just like, hey, I think this guy's good. 
It's 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 a lot of that. I do trust those recruiting rankings though for for a lot of the times. I'll look into it. I'm not I'm not going to disparage 24/7. Shout out to Mike <laughs> Schaefer. I'm just you know sometimes it's not uh, all that it's cracked up to be. Sometimes a five star is not actually a five star. <laughs> sometimes the three. Sometimes a five star knows a guy. Sometimes the two star wins back to back national championships. <laughs> <laughs> you know it happens. But enough with that. Let's get to a guy who hopefully. You know, I, I believe he was a four-star or a five-star going into college. Started as a freshman, played four years at a California school, started 39 games, but is now bringing his talents to the Midwest, to Nebraska more specifically. Walter Rouse, the tackle from Stanford, commits to Nebraska last night, yesterday, and uh, people are freaking out. They didn't even have 24 hours after Micah Mazuka picked Florida to, then, to to jump off of the Donovan Raiola bandwagon to jump back on after Walter Rouse commits. But this is a massive get for Nebraska because he is a plug-and-play guy. He is going to – and look, I don't care what nobody says – he is going to start at left tackle. You're not moving him to right tackle. He started 39 games at left tackle for Stanford. I understand their record wasn't great, but it's still Stanford. Mm-hmm. And he he played fantastically. One of the higher-ranked uh, left tackles in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. And you're not moving him to the right side. You're keeping him on the left side to protect your quarterback's blind side, and you figure out things from there. Is he better than what we got? This yes. time the answer is yes. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, right? Mostly now. because what we have at left tackle is a what what even would he be? What would he be? Because he, he Teddy or he, Turner? Teddy, because he played two games his freshman year, then he got injured, so we'll call that a red shirt. Then he played He is listed as a junior on the twenty twenty three roster. That's not true. He played what, three games, four games last year, and then got hurt. So that's you know, the four game rule, that's another red shirt. Technically, he could be a freshman. if he So he gets his regular red shirt. If he can apply for another year and get a medical red shirt, technically he's a freshman. We'll right. call him a sophomore. He's been here for three years. Sophomore by eligibility. Yeah, he's yeah. been here for three years. I'm going to call him a sophomore, though. Right now, what we have at left tackle is a guy who's played five games, has shown some promise, has shown some potential, but has played a grand total of five games in three years due to major knee injuries. Mm-hmm. Walter, and shoulder. Walter Rouse is is better than Teddy Prochaska at this moment. I'm not saying that Teddy can't can't become an amazing tackle, but as of right now, the guy that transferred in, Walter Rouse, the transfer from Stanford, should start at left tackle. The, in my opinion, I'm with you. The other option people throw out is well, Corcoran played left tackle. Yeah, and what do you think about the offensive line last year? Again, <laughs> not all Turner Corcoran's fault. I think he was playing out of position. Turner Corcoran is going to make money playing inside, yes. not playing tackle. Nebraska experimented with him in there, but then due to that injury and others, he got kicked back outside. If you let Turner Corcoran have a full year and now a full couple years at guard, he's going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple he is. But Walter Rouse, like you said, four-year starter at Stanford, 40 career games, 39 starts, freshman All-American, honorable mention All-Pac-12 the next season. He's not a, a Kevin Williams transfer He's not a Hunter Anthony type of transfer. He's a dude. This is a big get. He's legit. Literally and figuratively. Yes. And and not only the size and the football smarts, biomechanical engineering major. <laughs> oh, is that all? The dude's, the dude's got brains for days. All right, so he's going to come in here. He'll learn the offense. And especially, you know, again, and I'm, I, I don't know how much I can emphasize this. He played at Stanford, which in the Pac-12 
is the to me the second most Big Ten Pac-12 team out there behind Utah. Stanford is the old Big Ten. Utah is the new Big, new Big Ten. Ten. Yes, Utah is the most Big Ten. Stanford is the second most Big Ten mm-hmm. in the Pac-12. So bringing his his ability, his smarts, his size to Nebraska, and kind of having that know-how of what Nebraska and Marcus Satterfield said they want to do mm-hmm. in being a downhill running team with fullbacks and using tight ends and all of that. That's what they did at Stanford. Their record didn't show that they were very good, but again, you know, it's very hard to get into Stanford. You got to be real smart. So and yet Stanford's certain, head coach might be going to the Broncos. Yeah, only we'll cer- to only certain players can get to Stanford, so you know there is that also. But bringing his talent here and running the same, hopefully, kind of offense that Stanford wanted to or was running. That's what Nebraska wants to run. I think that's going to benefit him even more. It'll benefit the quarterbacks. Whoever ends up starting. Here's the real question. Is he a captain? See, that is Again, now a that point it- of contention if you ask some of the, some, not all, <laughs> former players. Um, the, the, the new guys who come in, especially freshmen, should not, unless they display above and beyond, should not be captains because that's undermining the people who have been there for years and the connections that they've made and all of that. Sure. That's fair. I'm just saying, it seems like given how smart he is, given his experience, that's a guy I could see making a lot of friends really quickly, kind of Darian Daniels-esque. Mm-hmm. It would make sense, depending on how things go when he gets here. But that's going to do it for the first segment. When we come back, a little bit more offensive line, a little more Nebraska talk. Maybe we see if we can get some, uh, I don't know about clips, but we'll see exactly what's being said by um, the the assistant coaches in the, in the press conference. So we'll be right back on the happy hour. 